0: In, in the past, we've put a lot of emphasis on what does the future look like? How can we take these financials and use them as a tool? How can we you know, make sure we're, we're doing projections and, and forecasting and, and looking at budgets very closely? And to some extent, some of that's out the window right now.
1: From Ray & Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit-and-tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader while helping your organization grow and thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, visit our website at www.raycpa.com podcast and sign up for updates. Working towards normalcy is what we're all striving for, but it may take a little bit longer than we all anticipated. You can say that the next big thing is to be proactive, manage your funds, and create new strategies within your business, because unfortunately, there is no timeline to what we are all experiencing. Today, Matt Long, Director of Client Advisory Services at Ray & Associates, and Matt Fish, restaurant entrepreneur and owner of Melt Bar & Grilled, are here to share their experiences working with the restaurant industry and how you can be proactive during the current economic crisis. Welcome to Unsuitable, Matt Long and Matt Fish.
2: Thank you very much for having me and Matt.
1: Yes, uh, I. I we're gonna couple. have. Yeah, we're gonna have to do the the full name. Like I said, uh, thank thankfully you both have uh, one syllable last name, so we can we can do this. I wish we were together in the room uh, and it'd be easier, but uh,
2: such is life right now. We're so. up against challenges nowadays, so we're, we're yeah. adapting as we need to.
0: So, so yeah, Matt. <laughs> Matt Fish knows all too well about some of these challenges. Oh my
1: gosh! So so Matt Fish. Uh, I, first of all, I love I love Melt. I love your place. Uh, I, I go to the one at Easton um, quite often. But talk a little bit about this this journey for you, beginning when when COVID hit here. You know, you you've been in a, a nice growth and expansion mode, uh, success. Uh, has been coming. So, what what did you do? What were
2: your immediate thoughts uh, in, in that time? Well, I mean, we've been thrown many many challenges at us since day one. We, we opened the restaurant in two thousand six. So, you know, we we've made it through the first economic struggle back in oh nine um, pretty well. And uh yeah, we were we've had, you know, we've had our financial ups ups and downs and working with our P and L's to, to get our ex- expenses way down over the last couple of years and we were coming into twenty twenty with real high hopes and actually the first period was starting to look really good, uh January and February, as Matt Long can can attest to. We had really worked all of nineteen on our expenses and and getting getting everything kind of in order. Get our house in order to say to to kind of charge forward in 2020, and then obviously you know the, the the big bomb dropped on us, and that was uh, March 15th, which was a Sunday, uh, when Ohio got the announcement that all restaurants and bars were going to be closing, and we were going to have to go to takeout and delivery. So March 16th was a Monday, and that was the day that we reopened as takeout and delivery only, all ten locations that we have here in Ohio. You know, we adapted, we, we made it happen starting on March 15th, 16th. It, it ended up being 100% of our revenue. So, you know, a lot of challenges, a lot of things we had to do. We unfortunately laid off about 240 employees mm. in one day. Uh, I kept myself on, obviously, and about 65 other employees. Our key managers, our key upper managers, some very key hourly people that we needed um, to run the restaurants and we just got down and dirty with it. You know, I was, I went back to being a line cook. I went back to being a phone answerer. I went back to being a delivery guy. I went back to, to sourcing product from, from anywhere we could find it. Um, but we, we made it through fortunately for us, business slowly increased throughout the the pandemic. It was about 14 weeks that we were on the takeout and delivery scenario. We reopened again, all stores, uh, for in-house service on May twenty-first, fifty percent capacity, roughly for all locations. Um, we we saw a nice up, uptick in business when that happened, but you know it's yeah. really been week to week. It's been it's been up and down. Sales. We really can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow, unfortunately, in the restaurant industry, especially because there's there's a good amount of people that are not going out right now that are that are not even getting takeout and delivery. Yeah. So. We you know we went from budgeting and and putting projections together six eight, twelve, fourteen months out to literally living day to day, living month to month, week to week, so that 's kind of where we 're at right now how do you pivot matt uh, matt fish in in terms of
1: adapting to that with with um, luckily as you said you 've got experience doing. Uh, uh take out and and that your menu mm-hmm. hopefully is adaptable to that. but how do you how do you really pivot with you know delivery and mobile apps and things like that? was it was it pretty rapid that you tried to move into that? Well, space?
2: You know, fortunately, like I said, before the pandemic, you know not that we saw this coming, but we saw the the, the, the importance of partnering with some key delivery services. And we 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 implemented a online ordering system for the company back in 2018. So we were fortunately we were pretty poised to to jump into the takeout and delivery uh, time fairly well. I mean I know other restaurateurs in Greater Cleveland area that I know very well, and you know a lot of them weren't able to pivot, weren't able to to change direction. I mean if you're a five if you're a fine dining, white tablecloth type restaurant, your food is not designed to travel well. Your food is not designed for takeout. So that was a lot of the struggles that I saw in the industry. But you know, our food from day one has always been big comfort food. It traveled very well. Our packaging was always good. Our staff was was ready to take on the challenge. I mean, it was long hours, lots of lots of lots of work for, for myself and my team. I certainly do not want to do that again, but you know need be we we will and we'll have to we have to pivot i mean yeah fortunately we didn't have to change the menu too much we didn't run into many supply issues we're actually seeing more supply issues now than we were during the pandemic believe it or interesting. not interesting so yeah we because there's a lot of processing plants meat plants j- just a lot of they're just not back to 100% capacity yet so we were working off of what they had in stock and then what they could come up with so we're we're starting to see a little bit now but when I say a little bit, it's probably, it's one or two or three components of this or that and the other thing. So it's not affecting gotcha. our day-to-day operations too, too, too too much. Yeah. So, so
1: Matt Long, I know um, Matt Fish had touched a little bit on, you know, kind of the, the modeling and, and, you know, projecting out, obviously in, in your role, client advisory services, a lot of what you do is, is take a look at those, you know, those periodic financial reports, whether it's weekly, monthly, et cetera. What what's the biggest takeaway for for you with with the uncertainty and and what you're trying to help clients like Matt Fish do?
0: Yeah, and, and Matt Fish and I and, and Mel and our team here right, we have just a really really good working relationship and are in constant communication, just talking about how were the sales for that day for that week, uh, what do they look like at the store level, what's going on, you know, with with uh, within each of the cities that he's in. And so we've been in constant communication. I think probably the biggest thing is with the unknown of the sales and really that being so uncontrollable at this point and so day to day, you know, we've really been focusing on, let's make sure our labor's tight. Let's make sure our uh, food costs are tight. So that way we, we can make sure our margins aren't getting squeezed any more than they have to be. You know, we've, we've been speaking with, with Matt's banking relationship, uh, partner's, Regularly and making sure we're in constant communication there. Not that he wasn't previously, but we're making sure we're staying on top of things. Sent, being proactive, sending them financials on a regular monthly basis, you know, for every period, and and also uh, doing a lot of like like we said, some modeling, and we're updating that modeling every single week for what happened last week, and and trying to predict what what's going to happen in the future. But it's just it's just so much uncertainty. It's t- it's too tough to do so. Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of anticipating what sales are going to be, we're kind of being a little bit more reactive to what does that mean from an expense standpoint.
1: Gotcha. so so Matt Fish, when when you think about that, you know I, I've talked to a lot of bankers that said the biggest thing they appreciate is the transparency and continue to try to update projections and models and tell us what's happening as frequently as you
2: can with your business. Has that been your approach with your your financial partners? Oh, for sure. You know, we we partner with Huntington Bank exclusively, and I've got some SBA loans out with them, and we do all of our banking with them. And I have one personal contact at Huntington. We we have a lot of contacts at Huntington, but I have one main person that that we're in constant contact with. I wouldn't say every day, but at least a couple times a month, we're 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 updating each other on what's going on, what we're seeing in the industry, um, what she's hearing on her end, um, what we're seeing. But, you know, unfortunately their hands are tied too. you know, they're, yeah. they're holding lo- a lot of notes for a lot of people and, and, um, us including, so we don't know what's going to happen. You know, the PPP yeah. loan was great. You know, we, we had some loan forgiveness through that, through the cares act, you know, through our SBA loans that we have through Huntington, but, but that's going to run out. That's going to run out yeah. in two months. So I actually was on a phone call earlier today with, with, uh, the SBA, the Cleveland office today, And I'm actually meeting with someone from Washington in two weeks to have a conversation about what are we going to do? What is the SBA going to do? What's the federal government going to do to help not only bail out us, but everybody else or help us out, not bail us out, but just give us some more assistance, you know, because once the PPP loans are are run out, and then once these SBA loan forgiveness is gone, you know, we're a lot of people are going to be. In, in some serious, you know, it's troubles here, if, yeah. if business levels not only for us but everybody else don't increase. Well, and, and it's, you make a great point
1: there because uh, you know the restaurant industry is so such a fabric of of our society. You know, it's generally very entrepreneurial. It's it's local. It's it's you know small business, and and right. you're supporting a lot of families. We can't uh, we can't ignore that.
0: And, right? and you know, if we take a step back and we talked about uh, how proactive we're being with. Uh, with Matt's banking relationship, but Matt's also been fantastic with reaching out to his other vendors, his landlords, you know, just letting them know where he stands. And look, well, you know, it's all restaurants, you know, and, and um, so none of this is, is news to them. And, you know, a lot of these vendors, a lot of these landlords, uh, you know, it's, it's a partnership, it's a long term relationship. And so there's been some give and take. And, and I think what we found is the more proactive we can be, and transparent and just laying out our situation, you know, the more willing they are to work with us for waiting till after the fact for them to contact us or reach out to us about where we stand with it.
1: Yeah, that's good advice. So uh, for any, obviously any owner managed business. And,
0: and, and, you know, I'll also (laughs) just, you know, throw in that, that Matt's right. You know um, with, uh, there's gotta be uh, some additional relief, Specific to restaurants, you know, and, and a lot of other industries, but specific to restaurants because they've been impacted so hard. And I know that uh, the NRA, the National Restaurant Association, and is lobbying and fighting hard to, to come up with some additional provisions there. But, you know, it's such a volume-driven industry. They're so tight to begin with that it, it just makes it so tough to really manage and make, the, make it out of this. And that's why you're seeing so many restaurants close and shutter their doors for good. Unfortunately,
2: unfortunately I mean, we have so many fixed costs. I mean, we can only, right. we can only affect so many line items on the p but there's so many fixed costs, especially in the restaurant industry. You know, I signed leases years ago based off of this much volume that we need for this store to work. And this is how much you know utilities and we have we have liability insurance, we have health insurance, we have a lot, of, a lot of these fixed costs that unfortunately don't go away. And there's no sort of forgiveness for those. Right.
1: So Matt uh, Fish, how do you, let's talk about like employees a little bit and, and, and staff and, and, you know, morale and all that. How do you, how have you seen the reaction of, of your folks, your team members through this? And how do you, how do you try to manage that?
2: Well, you know, they all understood what, 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 what had to happen, you know, back in early March when we had to do the unfortunate layoffs. And our, our store managers and our upper management team and the, the, the few people that we kept on staff to get through the, that, that, that period, uh, you know, we all worked our tail off and they it, it were long hours. And, you know, you started to see some cracks in the armor with a lot of people, but we got through it. Uh, we were able to, to bring back a good amount of people. Um, I'd say we're probably back to about 65%, um, maybe 70% from when we were employment levels to before the pandemic hit. I mean, the people that are with us are are happy to be back for sure. Um, We lost a, a decent amount of people along the way. Um, some, we couldn't find some just flat out said they're not coming back to work. You know, the, the bonus unemployment certainly didn't help from the government. And we saw a lot of people that were just flat out saying, I'd rather stay home and collect unemployment than come back to work. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we had to deal with those people on a case by case basis through our HR department. But in general, um, the morale is good in general, you know, you know, we're taking every step, obviously, to maintain the safety levels in all of our stores, for, not only for our guests, but especially for our staff. And our staff has to be there all, every day, especially our managers. So we're, we're taking everything the CDC is saying, everything the Ohio Department of Health is saying, and then we're adding to that. Um, you know, we, we created an reopening manual that we're sticking with, and we're actually adding to it along the way. And um, so I know our staff feels safe. Um, I know our guests feel safe. We've gotten a lot of comments um, and positive reviews from this, the, the safety measures that we put in place to where the majority of people are coming to the restaurant, see what we're doing and appreciate it. Um, That's great. So in general, I guess to answer your question, uh, positive, you know, there's always, yeah. you know, the restaurant industry is very transient. As you know, you know, there's typically 80% or more turnover within 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 a restaurant group and, we, we, our percentages are slightly lower than that, but you know, we're no stranger to turnover for sure. And so we had a huge rehiring and retraining segment right after we reopened the dining rooms and back in May, uh, May 21st. And we're kind of just coming out of that now. So I mean, our labor numbers unfortunately have been a little higher than they should be because we had a mass hiring, we had a mass training. And, uh, you know, if you hire three line cooks, you might still end up with one of them, you know, after after a couple of weeks. So you're always rehiring and hiring, hiring more people than you potentially need knowing that some people are just going to fall off uh, or just maybe not make the cut. But yeah, that's, that's
1: interesting. Yeah. I I know because you have obviously uh, much like Ray, you have various locations around the state of Ohio, you know, Cleveland, Akron, Canton, Columbus Dayton mm-hmm. have you seen I'm curious have you seen different reactions uh, or responses from the communities uh, across that footprint or has it been pretty consistent uh, in other words I, I asked that on two fronts some communities have gone the extra mile and tried to open up streets for for dining and be more flexible with outdoor uh, availability things like that as well as the comfort of the residents in those communities to, to get back out and support. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen differences
2: across the, the footprint? Uh, in those? We have, and it's, it's been very different week to week, honestly, um, during the, the takeout and delivery s- segments as we'll call it only, you know, some of our slower stores actually turned into some of our busiest stores almost overnight. Mm-hmm. And some of our busier stores turned into some of our slower stores overnight. And then we've seen, we've kind of seen that go back, um, a little bit more since we've gone to, to back to, uh, in-house service a little bit, like our neighborhood stores, the stores that are, are not in any major retail area that are surrounded by rooftops. Those did much better during the pandemic than the mall locations. Um, Easton is a good example that, you know, that you're very familiar with down at Columbus. Easton has always been our number two store every year. You know, tried and true, it's there for us as our number number two top seller. And they dropped to uh the bottom during the takeout and delivery section. Uh, why? Because there's nothing around Easton except for Easton. So when Easton was is open and, and and thriving, there's a ton of people going there. There's you know, so we're, we're, we we're we benefit along with everyone else at Easton when that when the when times are great, but when every single business at Easton was closed down, except for us and a couple other select restaurants, nobody was going there. So we were getting take, we were getting you know minimal takeout, and we were getting some delivery services. But the majority, all of our walk-in business, obviously was gone because no yeah. one, no one was going to shop at Saks and then come over to Melt for dinner. It was right. you know everybody was hunkering down. So we we've seen it balance out a little bit more now that um, it's gone back to a little bit of a normal business level across the board at, uh, you know, for our 10 stores that are open and operating. Um, going back to wh- where we were, not sales-wise, of course, but just the, the hierarchy of what store is the best and what store is the worst performer. Um, yeah. The mall stores are, are, are doing better, actually, than they were uh, even before the pandemic. Um, not sales-wise, but we're just seeing volumes. Uh, we're seeing more people out and about. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's really nothing else to do You know, you can't go see a movie. You can't go to a sporting event. You know, the majority of the high school sports are going to be canceled probably this year. So you have people just going to the mall because that is one of the only things that they're able to do right now. So, so we are seeing a little bit of, of, of a boost in business at our, you know, Canton's at a mall. Dayton is at a mall. Easton is at a mall, but fortunately, you know, each store, is been is holding its own, and the communities have supported us. We saw tremendous support um, throughout the company from every community that we're in during the takeout and delivery section. Because if you think about it, fifty percent of the restaurants in Ohio closed on, on yeah. March sixteenth, so we yeah. were we were open and operating at ten locations. So, I mean, I hate to say it, but we we you cut fifty percent of the competition down. So, right. you know, we obviously got some business from that. We saw a lot yeah. of people that had, that had just, Hey, I'd never been to melt before. So we, we wanted to try you get you guys out cause you're open. And we, we think we gained some, some loyal followers through all that. We saw people come yeah. out of the woodwork that we hadn't seen in years that were, that were coming in and supporting us even back at our original location, back in Lakewood, which has been open since 2006. And you know, we saw people we haven't seen in years coming in wow. and be like, wow, we haven't, we haven't been here in a while and, you know, happy to be back and thanks for being open. So we got a lot of thank yeah. yous, a lot of pats on the back, you know, from our community, but. That's great.
1: What, what, one last question uh, for each of you, I'll start with you, Matt, Matt Fish. Does it, has it caused you, you know, as you're, as you're getting, you know, we're, we're further along in this period, has it caused you to take a step back and, and rethink your, your, your model at all in terms of say real estate location or, or how you deliver the product uh, to the consumer?
2: Have you, have you gone big picture with, with any of it thus far? Oh, for sure. Nothing's, nothing's been set in stone, but those conversations have been started with internally within the company, even with some of our advisors outside our, our, real estate brokers, Um, I'm sure this pandemic is going to, I mean, who knows what the effects are going to be, how many decades that this is going to affect not only us, but, but the, uh, the industry in general, but the, the economy of of our country in general. So it is certainly changing the way that we approach every single thing where, whether it's producing food, hiring, it'll definitely, it'll definitely affect future expansion. We will, we will take all of these things into consideration because now this is a huge factor. Will this happen again? My gut says it will. And how, when will it happen? It's not even, it's not even a if anymore, it's a when. So, yeah. you know, how, how do we navigate the new world here? You know, are we going to be at 50% for how long? Fortunately, you know, our restaurants are, are on the larger side. You know, we, we average between 4500 and 5000 square feet per location and some stores are leave, are a little bigger than that because we have party rooms in a couple spaces and outdoor seating in a couple places you know maybe yeah. we'll put more of an emphasis on outdoor seating two years ago we were thinking of, we were planning our expansion out for the next couple of years and we were planning on downsizing we we looked at our locations and said they're all too big we need to downsize we need to cut our seating down um, you know, go lean and mean and make sure that we're full all the time instead of having, you know, potentially empty seats during the week. Right. I, I don't know, you know, if we had downsized, if we had cut our stores down by a couple thousand square feet, I mean, we would be, our, our seating capacity would be ne- near zero, you know, yeah, where, yeah. You, know, we, you know, we average about 140 seats per store. So, you know, we're at, we're around about 70, 75 maybe, you know, per location. So if we had cut yeah. down two years ago, three years ago, you know, we would have down to 40 seats, 30 seats. I mean, that's, yeah. that's rough. That's rough. Oh yeah. You know, so, and fixed costs, you know, we'll take that a little bit more into consideration too, you know, cause that's really the uncontrollable right now is, is sure. fixed costs. I have no, besides asking landlords and insurance to companies and lenders for some sort of relief, you know, we, we right. can just not write the check for the rent or the insurance. <laughs> right. That doesn't happen and that doesn't work, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. That's so sage, sage advice. Could, we could have a, we could have a separate podcast on just what's what the future is going to look like and how businesses like, like melt are going to have to adapt and change. Right.
1: Absolutely. So, so Matt Long from what, what are you, what are you seeing from, from a big picture client advisory services? You know, obviously we get down in the weeds with with what you and, and your group do. So what what do you see from a big picture perspective? What are we trying to do to, to help uh, clients think about that? Yeah,
0: you know, I think um, in, in the past, we've put a lot of emphasis on what does the future look like? How can we take these financials and use them as a tool? How can we, you know, make sure we're, we're doing projections and... and um, forecasting and, and looking at budgets very closely. And to some extent, some of that's out the window right now. Oh, some mm-hmm. of it is, let's, how can we stay nimble? How can we stay lean so, because of not knowing what tomorrow really holds um, and be able to have that flexibility? And then, you know, I, I think restaurants specifically um, all need to be taking a hard look at their delivery services that they're offering, their curbside pickups their online mobile apps. I think that that really is the future. I think that we've seen that shift over the last couple of years and the, the importance of that. And I think this has expedited all of that. I, I will continue to say that, that the financials are a tool and, and Matt Fish can attest, You know, we, we use those as, as our benchmark. We use, we're looking at those closely. We're looking at line items within those. Um, and I think that'll continue to be the case, but how can we stay nimble with just all of this uncertainty and and making sure that we're not putting ourselves in a position long term that we can't dig ourselves out of.
1: Yeah, it's as you said, it's good to have that that information timely and and to be able to communicate uh, so that the business owners can be transparent with their partners and uh, you know uh, make make the right decisions. So that's that's sage advice. So, well, thank you both for being on. Uh, I know uh, it, it's uh, time is precious and Matt Fish certainly. Appreciate you taking time out of your your busy schedule and uh, encourage everybody to, to visit Melt. Uh, if they haven't before, you, you'll you uh, have a wonderful experience. And Matt Long, of course, always appreciate you as a guest and we'll look to have you on again as well. So Thank thanks you. to you both. Thanks, Doug. I Thank yeah,
0: appreciate much. it. Uh, Matt, thanks for joining us and, and participating. Uh, this was really insightful.
1: Yep. And uh, certainly, if you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another unsuitable interview from an industry professional.